With views so never-ending and sunsets so divine, you'll barely even notice the rolling blackouts. Welcome to Rapture. Welcome home. This is Dr. Sarah Penn. It's been two weeks since my last audio recording. Um, sorry for the delay. As you probably know, if you've listened to my previous recordings, um, things have been a little weird, to say the least. Maybe that's in part because I'm under a lot of stress, or at least I was under a lot of stress before I left work. It's been two months, actually, since my last shift as a physician. I sent an email at the end of the first month to my work, to my program director, and I informed her that I wouldn't be coming back for another while. I'm just, I'm just not ready to go back to it. There was a lot of pushback from my program director, and from the program, I guess, in general, because the Canadian hospital system tends to rely pretty heavily on resident physicians. We're the main workhorses, and there's not that many of us, so we're kind of needed as the cogs in the wheel to make sure the wheel keeps rolling. So because there's really not that many of us, if one person is gone, that person being me, well, I'm pretty sure that my absence has been noted. There's no point for me to go back if my mind isn't where it should be, you know? And right now, with everything that's happened and everything that's gone on, and now with these new events that have been evolving at Rapture, it's just better for everybody, patients as well as myself, if I'm not held accountable for the well-being of others. Because if I can't even tell the difference between reality and whatever I'm imagining, then how can I possibly take care of dozens of sick people? And that sucks. Because I've spent my entire life working towards this one goal. I went to high school, I went to undergraduate, finished my university, and the entire plan was just be a doctor. Graduate, be a doctor. Save lives, be a doctor. And then when I was no longer able to work, it's like taking a huge appendage of yourself that you use every single day, like your dominant hand, and all of a sudden your dominant hand is gone and you can't write. So how do you text? How do you email? How do you drive? Because I spent virtually my entire life working towards the goal of being a physician, and now I currently am not able to do that, I never really planned for a backup plan. It's not like I can run away. It's not like I can start over, change my name. That's not possible for me. And I like my job, I guess. It's stressful. Um, 
a lot of the time I feel inadequate. But at least I felt like I had a purpose. And I will go back. I, I swear I will. I have every intention of going back and completing my fellowship. It's just right now, I just need more time before I can properly do my job and commit to being that person again. For what it's worth, however, I decided today that I was ready to talk about why I moved in the first place. Not why I moved out to but why I moved from my old house to Rapture. So I was thinking I could tell you that story and maybe that would be entertaining. I don't know. <laughs> when I first moved to this part of the country, I had never been to this province before. So I did what everybody does in the 21st century, which is I went on some website where you can look at different places to rent. And I tried to find a place that was a complete house that didn't require roommates, but was also affordable with a resident salary. And I just wanted to make sure that I had a place that was quiet, that was private, and that had some outdoor area so that I could feel a little bit more like I was at home. I've always gardened, so I wanted to make sure that I had a garden coming out here. I figured if I don't have my family and I don't really have a support system, then the least I could do is have my, my pastimes for de-stressing. Anyhow, when I was looking at this rental online, I saw that the landlord lives next door. And I thought that would be really convenient access if anything was gonna break or if I had questions or whatever. So when I moved out here, that was the first time that I met him in person. His name is Colin. He was very friendly and incredibly chatty, like a chatty Cathy middle-aged guy. <laughs> he seemed a bit eccentric and that's fine. I mean, it takes all kinds to make the world go round or whatever. And that's cool. I don't mind eccentric. So I moved my things in and I planted my garden. And on days that weren't too exhausting at the hospital, I would go out in my backyard and I would listen to the birds and I would till my garden and stuff. There was this cute little couple of robins that moved in. They built a nest just up on the fence of my backyard. And I really enjoyed going out and watching them start their little family. It was just kind of cute. <laughs> I lived at that place for approximately eight months. But it turns out that living next door to your landlord is only helpful if your landlord is, you know, actually willing to help. <laughs> So when snow started coming in through the door, I would alert him and let him know like, hey, I'd, I'd rather not wake up to a winter wonderland in my porch. And he would say, sure, I'll be right on it. I'll, I'll get right there. And then he would never come. <laughs> he worked uh, somewhere outside the city. I think he worked in mining or one of the mineral companies. There's a lot of those around here. He was absent more often than not. And when he was home, he tended to have a lot of parties where he would play incredibly loud country music of all kinds <laughs> and have his buddies over in their garage and they would sing and dance and drink and I would try and sleep. So that was a little bit inconvenient. Needless to say, it was less than an ideal situation, but I did learn 
how to repair my own dishwasher. So at least now I have that ability going forward. <laughs> anyway, winter came, winter went, and then the spring came and the robins came back. Remember the robins I mentioned in the backyard? Well, they came back and they laid some eggs. There were three little eggs up in their nest, these cute little pastel blue. So I would go out and I would, I would leave seeds and stuff and hopefully help the robins. I don't think robins really like seeds, but I didn't know that at the time. I didn't ever purposely disturb the robins or anything because, you know, I know that they're not pets, they're wild animals and they don't want to be around human strangers ogling them. <laughs> but anyway, it was just nice to watch the little family in there getting situated and stuff. About four months ago, uh, which is two months before I ultimately moved out of that place, something seemed to change with Colin, the landlord. It wasn't all of a sudden, it was kind of a slow grumbling process, but slowly I realized that Colin wouldn't wave to me when I waved at him when I was on my way to work. He started avoiding my phone calls entirely rather than calling me back and giving me a bunch of empty promises, saying that he would come fix whatever. He just didn't call at all. He didn't seem to have that many friends over except for the same one or two guys, but he kept his music on, more heavy music, heavy metal, still some country because there's no way of escaping that, <laughs> despite my best efforts. I noticed as time went on that he started losing a lot of weight and he almost looked like he was tanning or something because his skin started getting this bronzing color, like a, like a tan, a normal tan you would see if someone went on a vacation. But in hindsight, maybe it was more of a gray, dark tinge. Anyway, I figured he had something going on in his personal life. Maybe he was having a difficult time. I don't know, maybe he was having a mental breakdown. It's not my business. So, I mean, I would still mention to him when things that were broken continued to be broken, like that dishwasher I mentioned. And then he just started showing up. I don't mean like showing up knocking and saying, hey, let me come try and fix the dishwasher. I mean, just showing up at strange hours without notice for random reasons. So usually at night when I get home from work, uh, I would find myself studying or cleaning dishes or whatever, something mundane, until about nine o'clock at night. And then because I'm an old lady at heart, I try to go to bed at nine. Shortly before I would try to go to bed on my working days, I would be startled all of a sudden with this banging on my door. Not knocking, just banging, like, like assaulting my door with your fist. <laughs> So I would go to the door and I'd open it and there would be Colin just standing there with this contorted, menacing look on his face, almost like a sneer, but with really excited eyes. It's just, I can't really describe it, but he would just randomly stare at me for 30 seconds until I would say, well, like what, what, like, why are you knocking on my door in the middle of the night? And he would say something small and kind of petty, like, you should try hanging your hose up a little neater, or the inside of your car is too dirty, or something, you know, something stupid like that. 
And then he would just keep staring. And he would stare and he would stare, just unblinking at me until I nodded and then shut the door after I said I would do whatever the mundane issue of the day was, that I would fix it for him. And he would still stand there long after the door was shut. It was really, obviously, (laughs) kind of creepy to have this middle-aged guy just hovering outside my house. (sighs) One day I woke up and I heard the sound of this loud buzzing, like a really loud mosquito. (laughs) And when I looked outside, I saw Colin out in the backyard with a whippersnipper. But he wasn't cutting weeds, he was purposely cutting the heads off my sunflowers. I guess he must have felt me staring at him because eventually he just turned and looked at me with that same weird sneer on his face with the excited, hollow eyes. I didn't go out and confront him at that time because to be perfectly honest, <laughs> I was afraid he would attack me. I, it just, his behavior made no sense. It was. The final straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. So one night I had worked overnight, came home that morning and I went to bed. I usually try to sleep until mid-afternoon if I can. So that afternoon when I woke up, I had this feeling that I just wasn't by myself. Like there was somebody in the room. So I shot up in bed and I couldn't see anything. And it took me longer than I'm I would care to admit, to realize that I still had my sleep mask on. (laughs) But anyway, I ripped that off and threw it on the other side of the room, and there was nobody in my room. I didn't feel any better knowing that. So I got out of bed, and I walked to my bedroom door. It's just across the room. When I went to turn the knob to let myself out of the room, I heard these three very clear heavy clicks of steel toe boots on the floor. It's an old house, it's hardwood floors, pretty easy to detect when someone's stamping around in your hallway. Then I heard the back door open and slam shut, and then nothing. My arms were covered in goosebumps, and it wasn't the cold by any means. But somehow I knew it was him. I knew it was the landlord. So when I finally got the courage to leave my bedroom, I walked out and I did surveillance. I walked around the whole main floor to see what had happened. What had he done? Was there something missing? I don't know. At first, I didn't think that there was anything different. Everything seemed kind of the same controlled chaos as it usually is. You know, a couple of dishes in the sink some blankets thrown across the couch, whatever. Nothing out of the ordinary. But then when I got to the kitchen, I realized that for some reason there was a second dishwasher in the middle of the kitchen. Not installed, just in the middle of the kitchen. It still had the metal pipes that are supposed to be connected to the wall, just hanging kind of haphazardly, little electrical active wires, I assume they were active, ready to go and... (laughs) I don't know why, but I felt inclined to open the dishwasher. In hindsight, it makes no sense. But I was probably still partially asleep. Maybe I thought I was in a nightmare, but I opened the dishwasher. And inside the dishwasher, 
there was this robin's nest. And there are the three little eggs inside the nest still. The same ones that I used to go out and watch, the little blue ones. Two out of three were... It looked like somebody had purposely poked their finger through them. They were cracked and caved in at the top with this mucusy discharge leaking around the edges. It was disgusting. And the third egg, well, it looked like that egg had hatched because there was a tiny little featherless baby bird still kind of inside the egg but there was a nail going through its head and wedging its head into the bottom of the nest. His little eyes hadn't even opened. He was just stuck that way. And beneath all the dirty, muddy handprints that were all over the stainless steel of the dishwasher, that was when I saw the mom and the dad, Robin, just tossed carelessly on the floor next to those same stupid muddy footprints that were tracking outside into the backyard. I don't know why he didn't, (laughs) but Colin killed that whole family of birds and then set them up in my kitchen for me to find. How sick is that? So I started looking for a new place pretty shortly after that. I had seen billboards around town for Rapture, and I thought, well, hey, you know, it's a little out of my price range, but that's a small price to pay to feel safe again. And if the birds are first, then who knows who's next? So when an incident happened at work and I had a a young patient die of, when we, we couldn't get him a heart transplant, he didn't qualify. I walked home that day and I just said that enough was enough. So I left. I left work and put in my notice for my house and I packed up my things. And so here I am at apartment 518 in the fancy new apartment building on top of the hill overlooking the city. Heavy stuff, hey? (laughs) Well... Let me tell you some happier news. How about that? We'll end on a good note. (laughs) The good news is that my little garden is actually doing pretty good up here. I mean, it's kind of difficult to grow corn in pots, but the tomatoes seem really happy and the peppers are giving it their best shot. (laughs) So that's a good thing. I bought this little bistro set. I put it on the balcony. I got it secondhand, a really good price online. (laughs) So now I can go out and just watch the sunset on this cute little bistro set and watch the moon float around the stars whenever it's not really dusty. Being at the top of a construction site apparently means everything is covered in dust all the time. And it's for some reason incredibly windy up here most nights. (laughs) But I haven't heard the creepy phonograph music in a long time. Part of that is because I bought earplugs, but I've been sleeping a lot better, which is good. Okay, I feel better telling you that story, so I'm still waiting to get my damage deposit back from Colin, but I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) Okay, 
Thanks for letting me tell you that story. This is Dr. Sarah Penn. Over and out. Rapture 518 is an audio drama created in Canada. If you'd like to learn more about the show, check out our website at www.rapture518.com or find us on social media using any of the links located in the show notes below. Questions? Comments? Feeling chatty? Send us an email at rapture518 at mail.com. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Rapture 518. Consider subscribing wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll be back in one week with our next episode. But until then, this is Dr. Sarah Penn at Rapture 518.